Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Well, hello, and welcome back to Brave New Teaching, and welcome to another episode in our poetry series. Hi, Amanda. Hello, Marie. Hello, listeners. How are we doing on this fine fine day. I mean, always excited when poetry is on the table. I can't, I really can't lie. I mean, it gets me so pumped. I'm just excited. That's true. That's true. And we are going to dig in today a little bit into the like where and when of teaching poetry. Um, We know that a couple weeks ago we had a rerun for you on just kind of like our philosophies and approaches to teaching poetry. And so now we want to talk about it from like a zoomed out curriculum standpoint. This is very much like our curriculum rehab hat going on here of like, let's just step back, take a look at your curriculum, take a look at your school calendar, take a look at where everything fits and let's figure out the best way to make this work for you. Right? Yes. This episode might be the most zoomed out conversation around poetry that we have. The zoomed in poem line stanza level, that's all going to be in our poetry workshop. But today is definitely the fitting it in, which, which matters. I mean, this, this is something that I harp on, you know, I don't even know who cares to hear it, but I keep talking. I do. I care. (laughs) But it matter. It matters that we make intentional decisions about when and where poetry is going to go in the curriculum, in the in the walk toward graduation, you know, where are, where is it going to be seen, studied, analyzed, played with, you know, experienced, like all of those things. Well, and those really important skills that are specific to poetry or that really get like honed when you're looking at poetry are worth the conversation. And poetry is one of those things that does feel like extra sometimes because it's like, well, I already did Shakespeare, so whatever, but not whatever. We're trying to have the conversation today. Not we're trying to have, we're going to have the conversation today and bringing you all along for the journey about how to answer that big question, which is like, I don't understand when I'm going to do this. Like I'm full seats taken dance cards full, but, and this is a big, but let's talk about actually how you can enhance what you're already doing with poetry and do like a little mental cup game, right? Where, you know, when the ball's under the cup and you're just kind of zhuzhing things around, I, I get this question all the time. Like, do you do poetry as a unit or do you do poetry all year or both, dare I say? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, the answer is we can do whatever we want. But the answer we is choose your adventure. Yes. Yeah. Let's be intentional about it. Let's think through all of that today in the episode. Okay. You know what it's time for? Cue the music. You're listening to Brave New Teaching, and we are so much more than a podcast. We give teachers the inspiration, support, and tools to challenge the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a former English teacher from Illinois. 
And I'm Marie, and I'm a teacher from Southern California. Join us at bravenewteaching.com to find out more about our courses, festivals, and get every episode's show notes. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. All right, my friend, let's talk about poetry. Poetry. Oh, oh, is that what you want to talk about today? Oh, no, I was going to say, like, where should we start this conversation? I'm kind of thinking, let's start this conversation around what do you mean by the two options that you have here today, right? Like, what would it look like if poetry is a standalone what it would it look like if poetry is sprinkled throughout the entire I mean, it sounds self-explanatory because it kind of is, but then at the same time it bears a little bit of like, okay, but this is one of those moments of like, okay, I get it. And then you sit down and you go, I don't get it anymore. Well, right, because it's poetry is is that versatile it's just versatile. And I think that's what makes it intimidating is that there are so many options with it that I think we get kind of bogged down by and overwhelmed by having to make all those decisions. Yeah. So, you know, I think that one of the things we need to think about with poetry is just, first of all, what are the merits of each, right? So what are the merits of doing poetry as its own unit with poems stacked on poems, stacked on poems, stacked on poem, right? Like when a lot of poems are being read and analyzed, interpreted in succession, what are the merits of that? Like what is unique about that experience Mm -hmm. versus what are the merits and the experience of having a poem and the poetry experience spread out throughout the year? For me, there are definitely merits to both. I mean, I think that a poetry unit gives you a very special and unique momentum when it comes to getting comfortable interpreting and analyzing poetry. I think if your goals are on that end of the spectrum and you really want to see students grow in their ability to either close read or talk about the big six or, you know, really you're building poetry skill, I think then having it in its own self-contained unit is probably going to be, you know, really, really powerful in that regard. Whereas I think the benefit of spreading it out is poetry stays special all year. Because again, on the other side, on the downfalls, right, having lots of poems back to back, it kids can kind of get burned out. They're like another poem, another poem. It, right. It, you, they you get really a little manufacture that. Yeah. They get a little crotchety about it. Yeah. They get a little crotchety. Whereas like when you spread them out, the poems are very tied, at least in my experience, they're supplementals. They're tied to essential questions. They're mirrors, windows, doors to the novels that they're studying and other things. You know, they're in a totally different context. And it's more of like the content that matters than, you know, analyzing the turn, for example. Well, so, then, then the, yeah, then the, I mean, it's, it's form versus function, right? So it depends on what your goal is. I will say that I think I've only done a standalone unit two or three times at the very beginning of my career, because then I leaned wholeheartedly into, I mean, in the past 10 years, I've leaned wholeheartedly into essential questions and inquiry driven and all of the things that we talk about. And so for some reason, for some reason in my brain, never the two shall meet. For some reason, a poetry unit, even though like I can think it through and be like, no dummy, using poetry can still be essential question driven that like goes into the year long everything totally. But I don't know why, like I can't get over that hump in my brain, but maybe I will today. 
Well, it's hard. I mean, I am, I'm like you, I honestly, I don't love doing a poetry unit. I don't like it. And I think that's because the way it's, what ends up happening in, at least in my cases, and I, and I love poetry, but I think that the love burns out really fast because it's hard. Well, <laughs> and, and like, can, yeah, they kind of lose steam. Halfway they lose through. steam. And if I'm like thinking this through, so I'll do a choice novel unit that everybody's following the same EQ and that EQ totally feeds into our year long essential question or topics or whatever it is. But like the text that they're looking at is three weeks worth of text. Any given poem, like I would have to be gathering and gathering and gathering poetry that's all thematically or topically linked to be able to make that work. And I think that that is something that is very, that is overwhelming to me. But then I go, no, idiot, do novels in verse. Yeah. Yeah. So like like my self-talk needs some work, but- a little rough on myself. But so that's kind of where like I'm at in like very transparently, that's where I'm at in thinking this through. Because I do see where my students really benefit. And like their their confidence jumps when they read an entire novel and they go, oh my gosh, look what I just did. But it is nothing in comparison to in a single class period, the confidence leap they can get from analyzing and understanding a poem when they've done most of the work themselves, that jump within a class period is so incredible that like, yes, there is the confidence leap at the end of a novel, but like it's taken so long to get there. That's a different type of a journey. Their confidence that they get in themselves and their own ability to just understand language and communication when they can do a poem by themselves is like tangible. It's, it's amazing. So I want to do more of it. And then I just get overwhelmed and I stop. Sure. So let's talk about a couple of options. I, I have some things I can share with you. So one option, like you said, is to potentially do a novel in verse. A novel in verse is a great way of kind of giving yourself the feel of an EQ, a traditional EQ yeah. unit, right? That you can give yourself that. You could also do a collection of poetry. One of the my best recommendations, um, Clint Smith's Counting Descent is a wonderful collection of poetry that can be read as a whole. Then you have a poetry unit. It's poem after poem, but they're reading the work as it fits into the other pieces of his work. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of great collections. Um, Rudy Francisco has got a couple of great books that do that. Even some anthologies work well. Uh, there's a wonderful anthology called Learn Then Burn that's awesome for that. So you could always always do a collection of poetry, or you just start with a really nice essential question that's very clear in its themes. Because finding poetry by theme is not too hard to do. So one of the the units that I just put out for my essential question adventure packs was, which is more powerful, fear or hope? That would be a great essential question for a poetry unit. Right. And, and right, building a list of poetry that deals with fear, poetry that deals with hope, and you're studying them all in their own isolation of what they're doing individually, but then pulling them all together. To yeah, then questions. gathering as you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that that's a really nice way to go. What I love the most about that kind of a unit is it also gives you a little bit more control over skill work, right? Like if you're going to spread your poetry work throughout the whole year, it's very hard to build skills because it's so spread out. And it's spotty. Yeah. And if you're using it as a supplement, you're probably more concerned about the content rather than 
the skill of analyzing the poem, right? Like that weight is there. So, you know, this is one of many conversations that I like to have with departments as how do we vertically align these poetry skills so that if I'm going to plan a poetry unit, I know very distinctly which of the skills that my grade level is responsible for. Mm-hmm. You know, what are we concentrating on? What can I quote assume kids already know from their other grade, which is of course nothing, right? I never learned this. Uh, yes. No, this is brand new to me. I've never read before. I know. <laughs> like, But you, if you can vertically align the big six, right? Like what do you want to introduce at ninth grade? What do you want to introduce at 10th grade? What do you want to review and become experts in, in 11th grade? And where do we want to be at 12th grade? It gives you a, a more like relieved sense of what needs to be covered. And that way your fear and hope poetry unit can be two and a half, three weeks because mm-hmm. you're not doing a poetry portfolio at the end. They're not doing creative writing. They're just doing analysis and body paragraphs or it's a creative writing unit, right? Like they yep. can, I think naming the intention of the unit is so important. So you don't try to do all of the things, which is why I think I've always hated poetry units. Cause I try to do all, all the, things. the things. Well, and that's because it speaks to the importance of vertical alignment, which is just not always possible to align like that for many different reasons, right? Like there are many different issues that could be at play. Changes in leadership, changes in standards, changes in teachers, changes in course assignments. All of those things play into how well or poorly you are able to vertically align throughout your department. And that is no judgment. It's just what it is. Well, and sometimes teachers are unwilling to do this work. And then there's that. I mean, I'm going to call that straight out. I mean, this is this has always been one of my biggest frustrations in the places that I've worked is the unwillingness to enter into any of these conversations and, and actually have them. It just makes our lives so much easier. Like I know it's, it it's, it's mind numbing because it's like, please help me, help me, help you, help me. But like, help me. I get, I I get to a point teaching, this is kind of a tangent, but like I get to a point teaching seniors that I'm like, so I guess we'll just do more bigger, but then they're not ready for it. But some of them are, yes. I mean, you can tell there is a need for more articulated vertical alignment in my own teaching because I'm like, uh, boodly boo, I guess we'll do this now. I, I'm not really just like shot in the dark with my curriculum, but that's how it feels sometimes because I feel like I'm reteaching things and then I feel like there are holes all at the same time. Yes. Well, and I, I feel like if you can't vertically align, then doing like the work for yourself is worth it, right? Is like, yes. even if you're pretending, you know, it's just like setting boundaries, like we do in our actual lives, right? We're going to set boundaries for what I actually think is possible. And yeah. standards, I'm going to put standards like, I don't know, in a corner by themselves right now, because I don't really care about them. I don't, I don't feel like any state or national standards have been written well for poetry anyway. I actually have a draft of this like book that I want to write that proposes some poetry standards. I should dig that up. It's really you should. Good. I um, know. And this is kind of why I created the big six, because for me, I never really cared about standards anyway. We'll be fully transparent. Standards are dumb. Um, (laughs) Intuitive, good teaching, right? Like is uh, right. They need to go together. But I think that standards, what they're supposed to do is really look at the genre, right? Of poetry and realistically, right? Grow students through every year that they're exposed to it. And they work with it. So in my fantasy world, right? In ninth grade, I think I would introduce title, speaker, 
paraphrase, and then tools. So tools, though, not all of the tools. I would look at things like simile, metaphor, imagery, and rhyme scheme, right? Things that are really, right? Because they need to know that anyway. They're going to see that if they do Shakespeare, right? These are things that I want them to see right away. And then I let everything else go. Well, yeah, because you have to focus. You have to focus if you want to teach anything truly. Yes. I think that is plenty, plenty. And, And then do it well. Do those few well. And even that might be too much, right? But do choose and then do it. Then maybe in 10th grade, it's going to be more focused on theme. Theme is difficult. Terms is harder. And then some harder tools like juxtaposition, irony, anaphora, uh, parallelism, couplets, right? Like, because a couplet's like, well, why is the rhyme like this, right? Right? Not just rhyme scheme, but why this particular Why this, exactly, yeah. Like giving yourself some parameters, right? Like, I think that that, even if you haven't talked to your whole department, if you can just kind of create this space for yourself, it takes a lot of stress off of your shoulders to do all of the things. Um, And then like an 11th grade, I would envision a review of all of the big six and how they all work together. And then again, like stepping it up with the tools again, right? Like, yeah, and, and more independence, right? You know what the big six is, we're going to read Let America Be America again, right? And <laughs> we're going to go, I can say speaker, I can say turn without having to do many lessons on each of them, right? We'll look at, you know, extended metaphor, personification, structure, enjambment, you know, more intentional things. And then in 12th grade, again, another review and an emphasis on some more difficult poems, more difficult pieces of them. And then, you know, other, other more challenging tools, right? So that's, I think, a process to go through for yourself. If you really want to do a poetry unit is to identify the skills you're going to focus on. This is exactly what Marie and I talk about when we talk about close reading. Yeah. Same thing with a novel unit. I'm not going to close read every passage for Gatsby for everything in it. No, we're going to look at symbolism and tone. The end. We're not going to talk about everything else. Well, and if kids start having those thoughts and they ask a question, you go, yep, that was really Wait. astute. And then you keep going because you're acknowledging that that kid is quite bright and has a great grasp on it. And everybody else is still working on the focus skills. Perfect. Yes. So there's there's a little outline for you to run with if that's helpful. No, to I you. love it. I I I mean, I love that sometimes our our episodes just turn into my personal coaching sessions because um, <laughs> I appreciate you. Just put it on my tap. I mean, um, I've gone it a little bit before, so I'm sharing the love with all the peeps. Right. We all have our strengths, right, people. And even things that you're like, actually, I know I could do this. It's still nice to like hear somebody else who's really passionate about it, really take you through their thought process like you are right now. And like, oh, this all makes perfect sense to me. Like, could I have gotten here? Yeah, maybe. But you explaining your vision, your perfect world of like a four-year alignment of just poetry skills makes it where you go, okay, this actually sounds not just possible, but like kind of necessary. I've just finished a unit that uses Fahrenheit 451 with my sophomores. And we watched, actually, we had time, we jammed through it. And we had time to watch the uh, Michael B. Jordan version at the end. I know. But we I I said, let's talk about some of their artistic choices that well, yeah, but I got to stare at Michael B. Jordan for like two days straight. So I was okay. Like, I didn't care. You know what I'm saying? Um, But we got to have a conversation about the omission of Mildred, about having no 
hound about Clarice being of consenting age and the two of them making out like it and, and living like it, it being so different. Oh, spoiler alert, everybody. <laughs> so, sorry. Sh- Should have warned you about that one. But we got to have these conversations and they got to see the visual of seeing which books were being, which books and which pieces of literature and which pieces of music and which pieces of art were being burned by the firemen in Fahrenheit 451 in this very, very visual interpretation of it. There was a lot of poetry. And actually, one of my students said, why were they burning all the poems? And I said, why were they burning all the poems? And another kid got to say, because it's the highest level of art in the written word. And I was like, first of all, this child is just brilliant. Secondly, this child is just brilliant. And, and, And anyways, that was kind of a non-starter for our conversation, but it just leads back to, I think poetry is something that because it's hard, I don't shy away from it. I just forget. Sometimes I get like bogged down by, oh, they need to be able to interpret and like uh, take in media and like, uh, and be a savvy consumer of the news. And so I forget that those skills of inference and those skills of poetic analysis will help them almost more in ingesting the news cycle and and understanding all of that than just looking at nonfiction will. Okay, it's, I got to a point there. It took you, me a while. You did it in a while and you bring up this word that I love and the word is nuance. I yes. think poetry is the place where we give students a chance to pay attention to nuance, to pay attention to really small details. They, yeah. I don't, we, we don't expect them to pay attention to all the small details in novels. We don't. I we hope can't. not. My God, that would be exhausting. Right. Well, we can't, they're not, they're not sophisticated enough readers for the most part to, to have that kind of a read on a first read for a lot of the things that we do, but we can expect that in the space and time it takes to do a poem. Yes. Which is that much more important, right? For us getting that, you know, how many times do we hear from teachers? My students aren't reading. My students can't read. My students are struggling readers. Well, how much work are we doing to get short pieces in front of them? We're yeah, to help them, them to death with that confidence. Teaching. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. of it. Yes. Absolutely. Really think about that. I think the next time, uh, you know, you, I've heard these conversations, they dr- drive me absolutely crazy. Admin coming in and saying, we're doing excerpts only excerpts only. We're getting rid of novels. We're going to, I'm, I'm like, I want to scream. I cannot understand. I can, that is not today's episode. We I know it's not today's episode, but like, wait a minute. Raving episodes to come. But. but are you telling me, and you've said this before and every time I'm like, no, that's not what yes. she means. Are you telling me that in some schools, leadership, administration comes in and says, this is what you're teaching? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Isn't that against ed code? What? What is an ed code? Oh. Am I a hippie from California? Yep. Got it. No such, I've never heard of ed code. I've heard of, I'm marching in your room and you better tell me what good reason you have that you should even bother teaching a novel. This happens all the time, Marie. All oh my God, the, the apocalypse is now. Okay. It is, oh, it is, it is in full. Like, ugly, it's not that this is news part. to me. It's just that like. It's ugly. What? Like, I guess I just don't know what my reaction would be. And I, I definitely have the privilege of being where I am and teaching where I am when I am. For because while, that will not happen to me. For in a this while school. it was justify this book and now it's justify books. It's bananas. 
And it's this attitude that says, well, if they're not reading them anyway, then why are we teaching them? Got it. It's ugly. And so a lot of places has gotten to this excerpt only. I think this is one ray of hope. If you are stuck in an excerpt only black hole, one, like we're pushing really hard on the other side to like get that pendulum going the other way. But yeah. Poetry might be a saving grace in some of those instances where you can get whole complete thoughts and ideas and things right out of poems, speeches. I know I would talk to a lot of teachers about doing more um, rhetorical analysis in those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because well, context is everything. You got to get the full view yes. to yes. have yes. perspective. Yes. So anyway, we we digress, but we, yeah. we are... Sorry, I guess I just didn't realize it was as widespread as like... I, it's one of those things I see on social media about excerpts, and you've said it a few times, that I just kind of go, okay, maybe this is just like my curated feed showing me something that is like, feels inflated, but like... Post it on a story. Ask ask your ask your people. They'll tell okay. you. Okay. But anyway. Anyways. Back to poetry. Yes. Back to poetry. So we've kind of, we've looked at, right, the the unit level, right? And I think that's that's the hardest for me, like, to do. I mean, that takes a lot of concentration and a really, like, a lot of thought into, like, what the poems are going to be and how they're going to line up, what the assessment's going to be, right? So if you're going that direction, good for you. We've given you some ideas. And and we will have more in our in our poetry and creative writing workshop. Like absolutely, we're not just leaving you high and dry, but we just kind of wanted you to know like there are possibilities out there. Yes. And then poetry as a supplement. I just wanted to circle back to a couple of episodes ago. I talked about my lesson plan with uh, "Let America Be America Again," and I think that this is a perfect time to talk about the differences in exploring that poem. If I were to do that as a as a poem in a poetry unit versus a poem in a is the American dream more likely right. to fire or destroy us unit? Right. So like if I'm using that as a supplement, I'm looking at the contents, right? The yep. commentary on the American dream. Let America be America again. Well, what was it? What are the images, right? right. I am a young man full of strength and hope. Uh, right? I, what are all of these things going on in this poem, right? I am the farmer, a bondsman to the soil. Um, all of these lines, I'm not looking them at them from the author's craft standpoint first. I mean, that's also... I was just going to say, it's 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 an inverted, depending on how you use the poem within the conversation of your classroom, it, it flips what you look at first. Yes. And now this is, I'm putting this poem alongside A Raisin in the Sun, The Great Gatsby, right? Wherever, wherever that, oh, those other novels are leading us, that's where the poem is feeding yeah. Versus we're going to take all this time to look at this poem and how it works and blah, 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 which is also great. So just making, we just wanted to make this episode as a place for your brain to explore yeah. options and then not to overwhelm you, but to like, just say whatever you decide is great, but just stick to your decision. Well, and you never know where like this could go. You know what? Actually, I do need to change up X, Y, and Z. And this is, I think this is the idea that's going to be my springboard because- yeah. We get that inspiration strikes when and how it's going to. And that's about it. Yes. And that's about it. But I yeah. love I love all poetry for all of the reasons. You really can't do it wrong. Please also know that. You can't screw it up. Yes, Putting you can. Putting home in front of a kid. Yes, you can. You can say, guess what I'm thinking. You can say there's only one answer and you must get the yes. So yes, get you can. Get poems in front of kids. But get, get poems, poems in front of kids, kids, but don't scare them. That's it. Don't scare them. Yes. Friends. 
Thank you so much for going with us on this tangent-filled conversation. We enjoy chit-chatting. We enjoy chit-chatting with you all. So if you head to the show notes, if you head to bravenewteaching.com, we have got a little button that you can click on and send us a voicemail. Let us know what you think. Let us know what sorts of ideas you have. If you are like, hey, I have a great poetry collection that you guys may not have heard of. Uh, let us know so that we can share it on the air. I don't know if would it be called on the air. We can share it on the podcast. Sure. It's not the radio, though. Like you say, like on the airwaves. Okay, never mind. I've got to stop. I'm getting too weird now. Friends, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> we <laughs> are excited to see you in the poetry and creative writing workshop. Head to the show notes for more information about that. And uh, we will be back here next week with another, another episode of the Brave New Teaching Podcast. But if you just can't get enough, we have happy hour episodes coming out to you weekly. Your little extra dose of Brave New Teaching. They come with a monthly resource and just extra BNT goodness of uh, this dynamic duo. So, Okay, I've got one more add-on that's not something that you already said. Okay. If you're interested... <laughs> And if you're also interested in more of exploring essential question units and sending poetry into your whole year, we'd love for you to check out Curriculum Rehab. Um, We talk about this at length in our flagship course, which we every now and again, we'll talk about on the podcast, but that's kind of the place where we can walk you through building a unit, building curriculum that does this kind of inquiry work all year long. Yes. And we will work with your department too. That's actually, we've started to lean into more departmental work. So, you know, let us know, send us an email, talk to your, talk to your admin, talk to your team lead, et cetera. Okay. I'll friends. Fly anywhere. If you want me, I'll fly to your school she and will. I'll come, I will come talk to your department and I will vertically align everything for you. I will FaceTime because I'm still in the classroom full time, but we'll see <laughs> how we can team up and help you out. Call me. Just call me. Okay. Call me. Call me. Bye, five, oh, five. Eight six seven five three zero nine. Friends, have a wonderful week at school. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Brave New Teaching. We'd love to keep the conversation going over on Instagram. And while you're there, check out the links in our bio for the most up-to-date events going on in the Brave New Teaching community. Thanks for being here and have a great week at school. 